When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So with the truth about PSR now starting to filter out, we'll update you on this video on all the truths behind it. Who's to blame and what has gone on with this breach? Welcome to your Forest News. Good morning, good evening, or good night. Hope you guys are doing well, and welcome to your latest Forest News. In today's episode, we'll give you all the truth that's been coming out about the breach. Who's to blame? Who's putting their hand up? We'll talk about Daniel Taylor as well, because he's been going off, as always, on The Athletic. What do you guys think about him? Let me know in the comments down below. I know he's a Forest fan, but sometimes you do wonder... Before we get started, guys, if you want to support the channel for completely free, we do love you and appreciate it. If you download the SofaScore app, which is one of the best live score apps, results and stats you can find on any platform, be it on Google or ISO. The link for it is pinned in the comments or you can scan this QR code. We love you. Thank you so much for your support. OK, let's get into this and let's talk about what really happens and the facts. So there's been a lot of credible journalists tweeting. We kind of told you the story about Brennan Johnson throughout the week. And that has tended to be what this has all revolved around. And it was a good piece written by Rob Dorsett. And I just want to read it out to you. So Forrest were allowed to lose 61 million over three seasons, two in the championship, one in the Premier League. We all know that by now. Club knew, and this is the key bit, that they would breach the limits, but felt... Uh, trying to get a better price for Johnson was in the spirit of the PSR rules. Premier League couldn't make an exception for Forrest and had to apply the rules strictly. Premier League would say um, meeting the three-year accounting obligation shouldn't be left to an individual player sale, which may fall through. Punishment decided by independent commission within 12 weeks. We know that. Forrest are hoping their mitigation and acceptance of charge will mean financial penalties and not points penalties. So a couple of key things that stood out like a sore thumb from that. Forrest already knew going into the summer that they were going to breach it and tactically chose not to sell Jono to Brentford. Now that the case is Jono didn't even want to go to Brentford, don't blame him. But they wanted to hold out to gain more money. Basically another, what, 12 and a half, 15 million on Jono when they sold to Spurs. And they made the assumption that if they did this, they could plead to the Premier League and kind of say to them, 
this is what was offered. We needed more. It didn't meet our valuation and we held out. Now, the problem is the rules are the rules. So is this incompetence from Forrest? Should Forrest have just sold Jono? If Forrest had sold Jono before the 30th of June, then there would be no FFP breaches at all at the moment. And that would have been 30, 35 million in the back pocket. That's really the tough point. All right, so let's move across to what Daniel Taylor is saying. And we can use some of these pieces and put it all together in this mess of a jigsaw. Now, some of the stuff he said, I agree with some of it. I don't think he's got it quite right. I'll explain as we go along. Now, he talks about Randall and what he says about Randall. We've all heard it from his interviews on the Forest Channel. And, you know, the statement itself, technically, is it stupid? Is it misguided? Is it trying to divert attention? But he says, we have always complied with PSR. That was Randall being quoted. And we will continue to do so. Well, that bit in itself was wrong. <clears throat> That's always been part of our philosophy, he says. Um, what is not clear is whether this might affect his position. Randall was removed as chairman earlier in the season because um, he displeased Maranakis over several unrelated matters. For a while, he wasn't even given a seat in the boardroom before the matches. So there's already this unrest. There always seems to be some kind of clashing behind the scenes in Nottingham Forest between personalities. He was kept on as a non-executive director primarily because of his apparent knowledge of PSR and the relationship he had formed with the Premier League. But the latest developments reflect badly on him. And then obviously Nick DeMarco's come in, etc. So <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if Randall's head was to fall from this non-exec position that he's been given because he's a KC as well. So he must have some knowledge into the background of this PSR. And as Taylor was saying, he has um, a good relationship with the Premier League. So at some point he would have needed to have had a say and kind of press the stop button on things. And that in itself is not a good look. But even call that incompetency. The fact that he came out and basically said, we will always comply with PSR and uh, we already are complying. I don't like that. It's another bit of the bending of the truth thing. It's like the whole Shelby didn't go on loan. Did he go on loan, terminate the contract stuff? There's a lot of cloak and dagger at the moment with the club. They need to also be held to better account by the supporters trust. They ask them such softball questions. The whole feel of it is too corporate. It's not a fan kind of guided question, even though they claim the questions are coming from the fans. It's just too stiff. And it's not how I would conduct that interview. And the questions need to be a lot, lot harder. But that's the Nick Randall stuff. So I would not be surprised to see his head roll in the near distant future and him being completely kind of cut off from Forrest. Now let's move on to the deal that I called out a year ago, Chris Wood. And again, I will say it because I always have to add this caveat before it is that it's nothing against Chris Wood. I called this the stupidest deal potentially in Nottingham Forest history. 19 million pounds for a 31 year old on a one year contract. And let me remind you that full 19 million would go on the accounts because Chris Wood signed, I believe on the 4th of June, fully signed after the loan period. And the cutoff date was the 30th of June. Therefore, that full 19 million goes on the accounts. Add on to the top of that, Shelby, 6.6 million. We're talking about 25 million in total. Okay, Shelby was over a two-year deal. 
But then Shelby got terminated as well. So potentially that whole six million transfer fee could have ended up at least half of it on the books there. So you're already looking at what, 21, 22 million. That was stupidly put on the deal. In fact, this deal was so stupid that Newcastle couldn't believe that Forrest thought they were getting a good deal from these two signings. And that's why suddenly they were trying to chuck all the other players at it. We were getting linked with Darlow, Lascelles, etc. Newcastle suddenly saw. And again, what was I calling this? The Newcastle retirement home. I was getting pelters from people. People not understanding it wasn't about the players, it was about the deal. And that was the big problem. Now, where Taylor's got it wrong is where he's talking about Giraldi being the one who was pushing for the signing and recommendations. It wasn't. It was Cooper who went to Giraldi and basically got him to get the beggar's bowl out to Maranacus. But doesn't really matter on that front. The point is the money that was spent was stupid. It really was. You could argue that because of Chris Wood and Shelby, Forrest were forced to have to look to sell Brennan Johnson. So our replacement for Brennan Johnson was Wood and Shelby. One who got injured after two games and Chris Wood didn't play, sorry, after three appearances, then got his injury, triggered the contract, which he himself had the final say over whether or not he wanted to sign for Nottingham Forest, signing on a 90 plus thousand contract. And then Shelby, who fell out with Cooper, we've gone over the whole reasons for that previously, and just never played for Forest again and then had his contract ripped up. Complete and utter mess and a shamble which forced us to sell one of our best talents. So all of this stuff was going on clearly knowingly to Forrest. And you have to say, you have to say, when you look at it now from the other side of it, from the business perspective, what would have happened is people would have sat down in a room and made the assumption, do we breach this, put our case to the Premier League, and get this extra 12 and a half, 15 million profit for Jono. Take the hit on potentially six points or a fine. Or do we, you know, just get rid of Jono early to Brentford? And clearly they went for the first option, wanted the more money. And that's what we did. And that's why we are now where we are. Now, how do I feel about all of this? I feel like I should be angry about it all. But for some reason, I just, I'm not, I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because Brentford, uh, sorry, uh, Burnley, Luton and Sheffield are in the Premier League and you look at it and you think, okay, even if you hit us with 10 points, I still feel confident enough under Nuno that we will be fine and pull clear of them. Because I think now the Premier League has changed. It's, it's not a case of how high can Forest finish. It's how far away can we finish from those bottom three positions. And look at the maths that we need to do here. Now, Forrest are on 20 points. Let's work on the assumption that it is a, a points penalty that Forrest do get. And we get hit uh, for six points. I would put Forrest down to like 14 points. Um, and that would put us two behind Luton. Now, I would predict this year, if you remember last year, 34 points kept you safe. I reckon it will be lower this year, probably around the 30 mark. So Forrest needs to go from 14 to 32 points um which is what we're looking at 16 to 18 more points that's another six wins couple of draws here and there and that's why i feel quite confident about it especially as we still have to play the bottom three those games will be huge so because of that i don't feel as angry as i think i should feel 
But I want to know how you guys are feeling about it all. Knowing now that Forrest did breach this knowingly. It wasn't down to stupidity or some accounting mistakes or anything like that. It was calculated. Now we can go on and talk about all the terrible recruitment that has happened. Again, I'm not going to call that out because... One, we needed to build a squad. We've gone over this a million times. Every Forest fan has used it as his defense. Um, we, You're always going to get duds in transfer windows. The ones for me that I will call out are Josh Bowler <clears throat> and Huang. Why? Because Huang was bought basically to give to Olympiakos. We paid four and a half million for him or 4.2 million. And then he just direct took a direct flight to Greece. Never stepped foot in Nottingham, so to speak. And that felt like Forrest were putting him on the books to avoid it putting on Olympiakos. And the same with Josh Bowler, 2 million. So you're looking at another 6 million there. Now, people will say, oh, we bought that to future-proof us in case we went down. Uh, fine, if that's the case, that's stupid planning because you should plan for being in the Premier League, not planning for the worst assumption that you're going to go down because you'd still have the parachute payments the next year. You know, and that 6 million does add up. So that in itself, I would call out. I would also call out the stupidity of the Omar Richards deal where he had a medical and had a fracture in his leg. And then I'm sure you guys can tell the, you know, put in the comments down below the ones that have annoyed you. So yes, there is stupidity, but I still will overlook it because we had to build out a squad. That's, that's the thing with it. There was no two ways about it. Too many loan signings. So yes, it is a mess. But this is Maranakas trying to fast track us to a decent Premier League team. And I will ask you guys, when Forrest was signing all these players, was anyone complaining? Were you guys complaining about each player? How exciting was it every fourth day or fifth day a new player was being signed? I wasn't. It was freaking, you know, we were in the sweet shop just pulling out whatever sweet we wanted. So I can't be hypocritical now and say, whoa, that was really stupid. We can look back at it with hindsight. But that's really the story now. And this is where everything is at Nottingham Forest. And I guess the real question is, where does the blame lie? And I'm going to leave that question with you guys. Should it fall on Maranakis's lap? Because he is the owner. And should the buck stop with him? Was it Nick Randall's fault? Because Nick Randall is the one who was meant to be the PSR and FFP expert. Is it the Premier League's fault for not showing leniency to Nottingham Forest and their rules being so stupid that they're adding championship finances into a Premier League outfit? Or is it someone else? Let me know who you think it is in the comments down below. I hope all that makes sense. I hope it's helped clarify a few things. As things come out and they develop, we will keep you posted on this as well. If you haven't already please don't forget to hit that like button subscribe to forest fan tv if you are new and we'll see you on the next video in fact we'll see you tonight with lee charles part two because while all this is going on there's still a football match to be played we'll see you then half seven come on you reds sports social podcast network